0: Welcome to For the Record. This week's guest is my long standing colleague, former client, and friend, Aaron Burnett. He is the CEO and founder of Wheelhouse Digital Marketing Group, a fast growing digital agency based in Seattle. Aaron brings to us over 20 years of business and entrepreneurial experience. Every point of Aaron's career has been marked by his ability to leverage technology and creativity to drive growth. At AT AT&T Wireless, he developed and launched a telecommunications platform that reduced key network expenses by 80% and increased call completion rates by 16%. As SVP of marketing at Speakeasy, Aaron doubled direct and affiliate sales within 100 days of his start. And as VP of marketing at NetMotion Wireless, he executed a strategy that fueled customer growth from 70 to 700 business clients in less than two years. Over the past dozen years, Wheelhouse DMG, Aaron, and his team have developed technology and services that guide digital strategy for clients such as NASA, the Met Museum, Fred Hutch, and Providence St. Joseph Health. Aaron comes to us with a wealth of digital marketing and SEO experience that I'm sure our listeners need, especially now. Aaron, we're excited to talk with you today.
1: Thanks very much for having me.
0: So for our listeners out there, tell me a little bit about yourself and how your background has led you to Wheelhouse DMG.
1: Yeah, so you hit on some of the high points. Um, I spent most of my professional career uh, on the client side as a VP or SVP of marketing. Uh, In that context, digital marketing became increasingly core to what I was doing. And I was, of course, hiring agencies to help me with that. And there were a couple of things that resulted from that. One is that I found that I have a deep love for digital marketing. I love the fact that it is the intersection of some pretty deep technical knowledge and all of the creativity that's inherent in more conventional marketing and that the outcome for digital marketing is explicit. It's in the data. You did it or you didn't. The other thing that I noted is that in all candor, I didn't love the agencies I hired. Mm. I didn't love that experience. What I wanted most when I hired an agency was people who were first and foremost committed to helping me. Uh, as opposed to people who are first and foremost interested in monetizing their relationship with me. And so in founding Wheelhouse, you know, I founded an agency focused on digital marketing, which I love, and I founded it with an ethos that has helpfulness and generosity at its core and that uh, really leans into first helping our clients uh, and explicitly saying, we're gonna look out for our clients' best interests and we're gonna rely on our clients to look out for our best interests rather than creating uh, a client and vendor relationship where we're constantly uh, looking to the letter of the SOW, finding ways to charge our clients more, sending change requests, and keeping finances first and foremost. So that's a bit about my background and and sort of the the founding ethos for Wheelhouse. As you said, we're nominally based in Seattle. Uh, I say nominally because Although we were substantially here pre-COVID, at this point I have employees in 15 states across the U.S. Wow. Uh, and we're almost we're almost entirely virtual. We're about 38 employees, uh, and uh, as you alluded to, we're data-driven performance marketers. And so what that means is that almost without exception, our clients are looking to drive some transactional outcome lead generation or an e-commerce transaction. With a notable exception, we've worked with uh, NASA and provided digital strategy to them for years, and they're looking to increase the audience for the fantastic information that they have to share.
0: Wow, that's, that's amazing. In addition to companies like NASA, what other industries are served best by wheelhouse?
1: Sure, so we have clients in a number of different industries, quite a few uh, major clients in healthcare and in medical devices, uh, in mid-market e-commerce and retail, in financial services and the legal industries as well. Uh, those are examples, uh, travel and leisure, those are, are the main ones. Uh, at any given point, we usually have something around 30 clients.
0: Wow, that's that's yeah. amazing. You have an engineering team, an analytics team, a CRO team, which is a conversion rate optimization team. Yeah those teams are very different than the traditional digital marketing firms out there.
1: Yeah yeah so we have three major practice areas. We have digital strategy, which is organic. that includes SEO technical SEO content strategy. We have digital advertising. So PPC, paid social, Conventional display, programmatic display, some Amazon as well. And we have a marketing sciences team, and that marketing sciences team includes analytics and strategic engineering. It also includes data sciences as well. Um, And the reason that we have this group of services, there are really two. One is we started with just pure SEO, um, and then we added engineering and started adding other uh, skills and other practice areas as our clients expressed need or as projects demanded them. As we saw that happening, we became more intentional and thoughtful about that. And what we have decided to do and what has worked well for us is to ensure that when we develop digital strategy for a client, we're not in a position of just recommending a digital strategy and handing it off. Instead, we can recommend a digital strategy and fully implement it end to end. And so for example, when we develop content strategy for a client, we're not just saying these are the topics, subtopics, presentation, structure of this content, and you should really go do that and we're here to answer your questions. We deliver that content strategy, we deliver architectural recommendations, designs and analytics to measure the impact of that content strategy specifically and we have engineering resources who then can implement. So we think of it as uh, sort of the shorthand is we're delivering results not homework.
0: That's amazing.
1: The marketing sciences team allows us to do things that are much more sophisticated than almost any other agency can, particularly data science. So one thing that I I didn't mention is that we have our own proprietary technology, uh, including we just were awarded a patent a couple of months ago for some of the tech that we developed. Congrats. So we have our our own data warehouse uh, and data visualizations. Uh, We have um, a site monitoring and reporting application. We're able to perform very complex analyses uh, out of that data warehouse, which unifies reporting data from All of the various advertising channels from search console, from analytics, and importantly, first party data. So data that a client owns and knows about uh, their own customers and CRM data. So we get this unified view of everything from the top of the marketing funnel all the way through to lead generation or revenue generation. We can see it all. We can analyze it all. And we can optimize based upon that unified view.
0: Wow, Can you give me an example of what a report might look like, especially from the data team and from the the marketing science team?
1: Sure. I'll give you a couple of different examples. So one might be uh, all of our digital advertising reports. Uh, in fact, all of our reports come out of that data warehouse. We build data visualizations on top of them. And so these are dashboards that are uh, developed on a custom basis for the needs and the goals of any given client that will surface everything from top-level metrics, more conventional metrics, this is our traffic and these are clicks and leads or or, our revenue, right down to channel-specific data Mm. uh, and key insights and metrics that are unique to that particular client. In some instances, because we can integrate all the way down to CRM level, we are able to pull not just from platform data, so advertising platforms and analytics, but also from that CRM level information so that we can see the through line, right? Started here, hit this channel, got this message, went over here, consumed this content, uh, came back, ultimately converted, and we can see all of those touch points all the way down to the ultimate conversion event, which you can only do if you have this kind of data warehouse and this kind of integration that allows you to knit all of this data together. I'll give you a different example, and this is less about reporting and more about analysis. Mm -hmm. So One of the things that we do uh, related to content strategy that is immensely effective uh, is that Instead of So, a conventional content strategy would say, we've looked at your competitive landscape. We know what you're trying to achieve and what you want to convey, and we're able to tell you the best way to present that. These are the topics you should be addressing, and here's maybe the way that you should write them. We take an approach that's very much user-centric, and we reverse-engineer the user conversion journey. And so, we'll look at uh, the data that's available that allows us to see, ah. For these people who converted, who did the thing that you wanted, or maybe they didn't ultimately convert, they got quite close, we can see exactly what they did. Uh, That prior to conversion, uh, they were in these channels or they came to your site and they looked at a little bit of solution information or a little educational information. And then they needed third-party validation. So they went to a testimonial page. And then they went to the About Us page because they wanted to know that you were credible. And then they went and looked at specific practice areas or services that you offer and only then did they come back and complete a lead form or some other conversion event. By looking at that data in the aggregate and knitting it with other data that we can glean from search engine results pages and from other platforms, we have the recipe for what it takes for what people generally need to convert and we can create both a content strategy That maps to the right message on the right channel at the right time, and then moves people to the next point in sort of their conversion experience, and then moves them to a landing experience that hits all of the key messages that are required for conversion. That comes from data.
0: That's amazing. So, I mean, you've effectively become like a a data scientist. (laughs) That's why we
1: have data scientists. (laughs) I have not become a data scientist. I promise you.
0: (laughs) That's amazing. That's that's actually very very sophisticated, uh, especially since you know knowing where corporations are at you know right now, um, you've essentially created the holy grail of marketing um, because you're able to yeah yeah.
1: (laughs) It also, I mean, it it helps that I, I don't want to assert that data is the only thing. Um, strategy and a real focus on end users and serving their intentions are key. And it really is that strategic lens, first and foremost, that guides what we do. And then the data uh, gives us the details, gives us the, us the information that we need uh, to inform those strategies at a granular level.
0: That's amazing. That's amazing. So I'm curious because a lot of corporations have SEO in place, they have digital marketing plans in place, they work today with their agencies um, or, or work with uh, digital advertising agencies and you know, have separate firms. Who needs performance-based data-driven marketing? Is this for everyone or is it for companies who are on the more mature side?
1: Yeah, so so I would have answered this question differently a couple of years ago than I would answer it today. Today mm-hmm. I would say, this is for everyone. It has to be uh, by necessity. Um, and, and I'll give you an example. I'll, I'll talk through it in a couple of ways. One, let's go back to that uh, content strategy example we gave. And let's look at, uh, let's say, working with a firm that maybe is four or five years old, they've got a website that has some authority, but it's not dominant in their space. In order for them to achieve their aims, and let's say their aims are, uh, they're in the legal profession and they want uh, more prospective clients, they want more inquiries, more leads. Uh, And this is germane to both legal, financial services, any number of industries, it's insufficient and myopic and, quite frankly, uh, wasteful to develop just a content strategy and launch that content strategy in isolation, so to work with an SEO firm. Mm -hmm. In similar fashion, it's really myopic and inefficient and just purely wasteful to work just with a digital advertising firm. Those firms, these uh, channels, these disciplines should be part of a unified strategic focus. So for example, when we launch a a content strategy for a site that doesn't have a lot of authority in the space in which they're operating, or they wanna move into a new space where they don't have a lot of authority, Mm -hmm. we'll develop a content strategy that will absolutely work over time, but we need results now. So we can amplify that content with digital advertising. Mm-hmm. And then as the content that we have produced begins to mature and get more authority, then you can reduce the spend on the digital advertising side as the organic side starts to produce much more effectively. So that's sort of reason number one. Now more than ever, it's critical to think about digital marketing marketing in a unified fashion. Always think of it in a multi-channel fashion. You certainly can work with separate firms. Those firms should be working to a unified strategy though. That's absolutely critical. The second reason that now more than ever, it's absolutely essential that everyone works in terms of data-driven digital marketing is that the platforms are increasingly taking away uh, the controls and the data that allowed mm. digital marketers, particularly digital advertisers, to be technicians. So uh, in digital advertising, particularly in PPC, you didn't necessarily have to be strategic for years. You needed to understand uh, the mechanics of structuring and optimizing accounts and campaigns and ad groups and uh, how to structure bidding strategies at a keyword or ad group level. It was about moving the right levers and you had the data available to you that allowed you to do that and to act on that information to target in a really fine-grained fashion. Mm -hmm. The the platforms, social platforms, Google notably, are taking away the data that enables us to target in that way and increasingly even removing the capacity to target in that way. Instead, what you have to do is feed those platforms with data, with your own first-party data. So what you know about the prospects or the customers you want to reach uh, with augmentation of that data that you can glean from other sources and so you need to think in terms of the most valuable asset you have being the first party data. What you know about the people you're trying to reach and you need to have a strategy to level up. So think about micro conversions above the ultimate conversion. Think about the things that you might want people to do that would be a quid pro quo I'll give you this great educational information. All I need is your email address. You need to learn as much as you can about your prospect universe because the data that you glean through those methods becomes data that you immediately need to feed back to advertising platforms, which is the, in many instances, virtually only way that you have to target the audience you want to reach.
0: Wow. Um, I'm just thinking about some of our our current clients that actually are Grappling with this issue right now and that's particularly important what you just said. Yeah, so thank you for that
1: Yeah, it's I'll I'll make one one distinction and that is this is absolutely explicitly true on the e-commerce side right now Uh, For Google in particular same is true actually for meta um, Your ability to target with any degree of granularity is gone it Targeting is now automated and handled by the algorithm and Google's pushing hard to make that absolutely true. That's not as true on the lead generation side, Mm -hmm. but it is becoming true and all of the signals are there that that's where we're headed. Uh, And ultimately the best way to target is increasingly owning your own data, understanding as much as you can about the prospects you're after and then leveraging that for targeting.
0: Great. So that means that understanding buyer persona at the detail level is super important. Buying intentions, for example, needs, drivers, that sort of a thing, and getting super detailed so that you understand that and get into the mind of your ultimate buyer. Just great, that's great abso- words. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's
1: absolutely true. But I would take it a step further and it is uh, honestly having emails uh, having something that allows you to establish look-alike audiences mm-hmm. keyed against uh, data that you have collected is really key, which is why things like newsletter signups, gated content, gated educational or informational content all of these things that stop short of someone saying, I am a lead, but are really strong indicators that the, these folks are in your universe. Do everything that you can to amass the greatest amount of first-party data you can, and then to segment that data so that it can be used for targeting.
0: Wow. So let's, let's just go a little bit further into what we're talking about, especially as we target the legal and financial services industries. In your experience, what types of digital marketing campaigns and strategies should people be thinking about? What What's the most effective?
1: It depends very much on their goals. I'll talk through, I'll give you a couple of examples. Uh, so we work with a firm in the financial services uh, industry. Mm-hmm. They're focused specifically on wealth management, and they wanted to target a very specific audience of uh, highly compensated people during a season during which they were they were going to get a financial windfall, uh, and it was an annual occurrence. It was the right time to be targeting this particular audience. That company and that site was fairly well established, and the audience that they were going after was also quite well understood. For that company, uh, what we did was to develop a new website design and new content strategy. The new content strategy though, was more than just here are topics, subtopics, etc. It was, you need to establish effectively um, an educational center on your site that speaks to the specific messages and insights mm-hmm. that are really critical for this audience. We need to structure the content in a very specific way, needs to include certain elements, uh, topics, subtopics, Uh, Some video, some prose, and then it needs to be promoted in a certain way as well. We wrote or rewrote most of that content, designed the site, developed the site, launched it. The content was promoted via organic social uh, and organic posts we didn't need to promote with digital advertising Hmm. because the site was well-established and had authority. Um, which is absolutely essential in this space. So the the case study uh, in that instance, the result was that within a couple of months of launching that content, and we developed all this and launched it in advance of the season, which was the target season, Mm -hmm. we increased their traffic 15-fold. Wow. And that new level maintained, and we know that that traffic was highly relevant and high quality for them, both because of lead generation, And also because that traffic went to the specific content pages that we created for them. So it's not their traffic went up and it all went to their homepage. Uh, and then people bounced. People went to these specific pages. So let's come back and talk about eat though, which is absolutely fundamental to digital marketing for legal or financial services. Google uh, focuses on expertise, authority and trust for Mm -hmm. content marketing in general, Mm -hmm. but that is Mm -hmm. particularly true. For financial services and legal. So in financial services and legal, we'll layer on another acronym which is YMYL. It's your money or your life.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So where content strategy and content marketing is concerned, it's not sufficient to just write an article or a blog post that has good information in it. You have to do everything you can to send very clear signals that you are expert and that this information is trusted. There are some sort of self-evident implications of that. One is Uh, You wouldn't want to publish an article that said from the staff of XYZ Law Firm Mm -hmm. or by our marketing team or that sort of thing. This needs to be by a a highly renowned attorney or a financial services expert, someone who is credentialed. Mm -hmm. Other things, though, occur behind the scenes. That uh, code should be marked up to specifically designate this person as expert and to link out to other places where it is clear that this person has bona fide credentials. So maybe a LinkedIn profile or other uh, instances in which this person has published information. What you're doing is making search engines jobs really easy by saying, this person's expert, we can show you their expert behind the scenes. Just go check this, this and this. Uh, And so those are a couple of simplistic examples, but in legal and financial, they're absolutely key. So expertise, authority, and trust are absolutely essential, fundamental to effective content strategy. The hurdle is much higher for financial services and legal services because they are in this your money or your life category Mm -hmm. where you really do have to demonstrate that um, you can be trusted.
0: Yeah. Great advice, definitely great advice. So especially if a company hasn't done performance-based marketing in the past, what first steps would you recommend for a company to get started?
1: Yeah, a couple of first steps. Uh, The first is really become clear on what your goals are, explicit goals. Are you looking simply to elevate uh, your brand, Create more awareness. Um, uh, ensure that as you're out uh, networking with folks and they check your site, that uh, you have, you, you look super credible. Or is it more explicit, as is most often the case? You really want to uh, create new clients for yourself. So you need new leads. And if that's the case, what kind of leads are you looking for? What sort of prospects are you after? So become very clear on that. And then the second step is to ensure that before you do anything else, your site has a properly uh, deployed analytics implementation and that you're measuring all of the things that matter to you and that will allow you to feed the machine. So to feed the algorithms that are going to be driving targeting uh, and allow you to understand how you are or are not driving engagement. So again, you know, I come back to not just the ultimate conversion but micro conversions, other actions that people will take on your site that are signals of engagement And may allow you to collect some information on them as well.
0: That's really, really great. Just seems like strategy, content, analytics, analyze from the analytics, revise and repeat.
1: That's true. I mean, when we (laughs) describe our process, it's a circle and it starts with analysis and data, which Mm -hmm. informs everything we do and comes back around to analysis (laughs) and data where now we figure out what worked and what didn't and we optimize and do it again.
0: Yeah, that's great. So um, as we wind down the year, what should companies be thinking about for 2023 as relates to performance marketing?
1: Well, I I would go back to the earlier conversation we had. Everyone should be thinking in terms of being data-driven marketers uh, and ensuring that you're doing everything that you can to amass the data that enables you to understand your prospects and your users and to use that information to drive targeting and uh, more effective outcomes.
0: Got it. And then do you have a recommended spend on what percentage of their budget should go towards digital marketing, SEO, paid strategy, earned? No.
1: There isn't there isn't really a recipe. Um, so I gave you an example earlier of work that we did with one financial services firm where we didn't spend a dime on any form of paid advertising and drove a phenomenal result. I'll give you a, a different example where we did no content marketing at all. It was all digital advertising and we drove a phenomenal result. So we worked with another financial services firm that provides uh, alternative financing to uh, startups. So rather than venture-backed financing where you're going to give away equity, uh, this is an alternative. And they're looking for a very specific kind of lead, right? Someone who is in senior leadership at a startup looking for financing. Uh, There, we started with... PPC, because PPC allows you, it's a bottom funnel tactic. Mm-hmm. So you can target folks who are very close to conversion. And in doing so, we're able to get a much better understanding of exactly who we're targeting effectively. And we can gather some of that first party data that I mentioned. And so mm-hmm. now we can target more effectively. Mm-hmm. And then having developed strength and confidence there. And I believe I believe that we increased lead generation 163% over wow. the first six months. So at that point, we expanded and included paid social because we now knew how to target. And we increased their lead gen tenfold while cutting their cost of acquisition by about 60%. So nothing organic, all paid there. The first mm-hmm. is all organic, no paid. It it really varies by the uh, the goal of the firm and the assets they have to work with.
0: That's That's... Phenomenal results, absolutely. What are five trends that we should be aware of for 2023? And then any last tips that you could have for our listeners?
1: Yeah, uh, I I can think of several things. I'll try to limit it to five. Uh, So (laughs) I would say now more than ever, uh, digital marketing requires strategy, truly a strategic focus before you start doing anything and a unified strategic focus that uh, guides all of the tactics and all of the channels and a significant deep technical expertise. Uh, One of the biggest problems in SEO in particular right now is either lack of implementation or poor implementation because of a lack of technical expertise. Um, And then I would say that that, uh, great marketing right now is absolutely omnichannel. That's where we're seeing the most exceptional performance. It's also the most fun to do. Um, Understand and serve user intent and gather data around your users and their intentions. It's going to be absolutely essential to targeting over time. It will be absolutely essential to your understanding uh, the results that you glean over time as well. Uh, I mentioned instrumentation of a site. So make sure that you're focused not just on the ultimate conversion, but on other meaningful actions that enable you to understand the path to conversion and to gather that first party data, which is uh, so key. Build a content strategy for the long term, uh, unless your site is already kind of a juggernaut. It has a lot of uh, domain authority. It's a leading site in its industry. Uh, you're unlikely to launch a content strategy that immediately performs. So think of it as an investment that will pay exponentially over time. Uh, the last really major content strategy that we implemented uh, for a firm returned $63 for every dollar invested. Uh, but it, it took three or four months to start to really return. Um, and then the final thing we didn't really talk about but is key, think about non-click searches. So in an SEO landscape, uh, consider the fact that more than half of all searches on Google result in no-click to any of the search results. As Google continues to try to give people the information that they need on that search results page without a need to click through. There are all sorts of ways that you can be the answer that Google delivers. Uh, and with half of all searches resulting in zero click, it's really critical to do that.
0: That's amazing. Well, thank you, Aaron, so much for joining us.
1: Thanks very much.
0: Thank you for tuning into For The Record. Make sure you subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts so that you never miss an episode. Until next time.